Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. And today we're joined by Tim with Zellcore. Tim, first and foremost, thanks for joining us today for this podcast interview. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. I'm looking to dive in and learning more about Zellcore and sharing with the team what you guys have built over there. Uh, but before we jump into that, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and then we'll jump into what got you into this space. Yeah, you know, I'm a 30 plus year career in traditional finance. You know, a lot of the big names that you've probably heard of. Um, Fannie Mae, back when it was cool to be at Fannie Mae, there was a time, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Um, BNY Mellon, State Street, uh, T. Rowe Price. You know, so I've been around the whole circle of financial investments from kind of concept to to sale, to ownership, et cetera. And so um, I, I spent a disproportionate amount of time in uh, the wealth management area. And I left when I was running the wealth management business for BNY Mellon. So I uh, learned a lot about the business, but I learned a lot about sitting across from, from people who had a lot of skin in the game and, and having them understand uh, what we could do for them as a service. Awesome. So I guess the next question would be what uh, what brought you into this space, into the decentralized sphere? You know, I, I, when I when I really left, my last job was at State Street, you know, and I, I, I really felt like, and by the way, I worked at two of the biggest custodians in the world, BNY Mellon and State Street, right? Together they have, um, I don't know, almost $75 trillion in assets under custody, right? So, so really big custodians there. And, I'd been doing a lot of research myself on um, the blockchain in particular, right? And, and understanding the dynamics and, and also understanding what companies who are custodians do with the assets on your behalf and on their behalf, right? And, and I really feel like I see what's going on in the world. Um, I see what's going on in finance. And I really feel like that's where we're the creator economy. Like there are so many things pointing towards the need for uh, a replatforming of the back end, right? And, and I think for the longest time, we've talked about fintech. And fintech is kind of, there are nice things in there, but it's kind of makeup on the pig. You need uh -huh. to fix the pig, right? And, and I really feel like that's what blockchain is. And, and so um, when I got this opportunity to, to get in here, I was really excited about it. And uh, so um, preparation met opportunity, right, for me. Absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, it makes sense with everything we're seeing. It's not just the need for de decentralized uh, payment methods, but just the ability to pay people globally, instantly, all over the world. Um, yeah, so that, that definitely makes sense. So let's tell everybody a little bit more uh, about what Zellcore is. As I was mentioning uh, before we started this recording, and I'll share this with, with the crowd, was... Um, you know, I, in the past, I've introduced projects we work with as wallet companies, but you guys are so much more than a wallet. You're developing. It's an app that includes a wallet. So can you tell everybody a little bit more about Zellcore? Yeah, good, good, good setup, Wayne, and a good question. You know, I, I think a lot of what I see today in blockchain is a lot of, there's a lot of maximalist views, a lot of kind of use, particular one-off use cases, and then migration towards broader things. We're taking the reverse approach, right? Which is, we we're we've implemented a self custody solution, a hot wallet, if you will, um, whose um, driver is around breadth and liquidity, right? Making sure that you can have liquidity, and and uh, I'm a huge. When I meet people, I ask, how many wallets do you have? And I hear 10, 12. 
18. Oh, yeah. I had one person tell me 18. How do you manage 18 wallets, right? <laughs> and, and look, I think anybody that's been around long enough knows, um, you know, I've got an iPhone. That's all I've got. You know, are there things that Android does better? Absolutely, right? But I'm not going to have an Android phone for this, and I'm not going to have a Google phone for that. It's just that's not how regular humans work, right? So we, we right. believe that most people are going to want to be in one wallet. Um, that's why we support over 70 blockchains. And we also think most people are going to operate their on-chain in the wallet. They don't want to leave to go to a centralized chain exchange to go off-chain and take that risk. We think they're going to want to do that on, on, on platform. So we're adding capabilities and and we've got something that we're cooking up here in the next six months that I'm really excited about. And maybe I can come back and tell you about it. It's a little premature now, but yeah, we absolutely. feel like we've built a lot of underpinnings and foundations to really launch the next step. Awesome. Yeah, I'm interested to hear more about that. But you're right. I mean, if I look, I've actually got a folder on my phone with all the wallets that are in it. And uh, my seed phrase notebook, it's a notebook. It shouldn't be, right? It's a notebook, but it's because um, the space has really been fragmented. There was uh, these wallets support this, and this wallet's really good at that. So it's great to see what you guys are doing. I can tell you, uh, you know, I, I did some of the demo videos for Zellcore back when the FIO integration went live, and it's it was you know it's a great experience. It's the simplicity is the key. Uh, I want to back up to something you talked about. You mentioned um, you can't just put makeup on the pig; have to fix the pig. And uh, but the next step is once the pig is fixed, there's still makeup that's needed yes. because like the iPhone, I give that as an example for most people. The iPhone is not the best, most technologically advanced phone out there. You're right. But why is it so popular? Ease of use, simple, you know, simplicity of use. And that's where this, you know, cryptocurrency, this Web3 space has got to get better with the usability, uh, making it simple for the user. T totally agree, right? And the reality is, you know, I use this analogy a lot. People know what the internet is. And, and frankly, you, you know, I have an 84-year-old mother-in-law, and we were I was with her last week, and um, we were walking through the phone, and I was trying to even understand the difference between mobile and phone and cellular data. Like, they don't want to know that or need to know that, right? And so the phone should isolate them for that and i i think this is where we're struggling a little bit in the blockchain industry is you know hey do you understand what layer zero versus layer one and layer two mean do you understand the difference between a seed phrase there's we're we're putting too much of the technology on people it's a complex right. implementation to start with when you put the the technology in there i think it makes it really hard i will get over that one and we'll figure that one out um and we're we're really built around that premise of you know, uh, simplicity is sophistication. So how do we take the complexity out and make it really simple for people to use? Um, I, I don't, even in the DAP world, you think about how many interfaces, um, Wayne, you're an advanced user, right? And I, my, my yeah. guess is we have a pretty big, and the majority of our population is more advanced users, right? They tolerate a lot more pain. Um, Absolutely. Oh, they'll try it 10 times because it doesn't work the first nine, you know? That's not how mass adoption is gonna grow. Right. You're, you're spot on. We have to solve this problem and make it really easy for people to get in. Yeah, you're right. I mean, those friction points uh, that the average user for mass adoption would hit, that's going to be that they're going to bounce back to what they're comfortable with. Guess what? Those centralized systems, centralized finance, for them, it's it's worked. And most people, 
won't migrate until they're they're forced to. Now, there's those in the space have even been lazy when it comes to leaving stuff on exchanges, not managing their their own keys. Uh, but there's been a lot of either people learning the hard way and having being part of these these incidents that have happened uh, over the last year with like Voyager, Celsius, FTX, and um, you know either being that or seeing that happen and being like, okay, I need to take these steps. And I'm sure. Uh, you guys have probably seen, you know, a spike. Usually around those incidents, there's probably spikes in downloads of the app to, you know, for people to take uh, take control of their assets. Every time, every time, there's a yeah. there's a run towards self custody. In fact, what I first started here in 2021, and I said to the team, what we need is a bank run um, on on a centralized exchange, and that's effectively what we got with FTX, right? And yeah, um, and I, I, you know. Here, I'll leave you with another thought, Wayne, right? And we, and we probably shouldn't d dig into this too much, right? But Bitcoin units are at their lowest point on central exchange, centralized exchanges ever. Oh, yeah. But transaction levels are, are moving back up. Something doesn't add up there, right? And, and I think that gets to, you know, I was in the traditional finance world, right, where you really had your own ledger and you managed things like loans against deposits, and you took some risks there, right? And, and right. I think that same thing happens with centralized exchanges. The yeah. difference is the government backs you up, the governments worldwide kind of back you up there. That's not the case right now, and we need to move to an on-chain world. We have the technology to do it, we just need to build the cultural paradigm around it to understand that one-to-one -one relationship. We can actually do it now with the technology we have in place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the. The decentralized ledger is already there. We just need to uh, have some transparency. You're right, though. I mean, as there, I tell people all the time, what's being, what is being held by exchanges, is such a small percent of you know of even if it's above one percent of the of the Bitcoin that's that's in circulation. We don't really know, but you're right. I mean, there there could be some paper trading that's going on there, where it's not they're not really holding all the assets. Um, they cover their liabilities and yeah, you're right. And that's the problem. And that's, I think what, well, I mean, I don't want to say FTX, but some of the other entities have gotten into is they were trying to operate as banks with fractional reserves. And anytime there's a, a bank run per se, it, it definitely exposes because most people have heard about the bank runs that have caused these exchanges to go down and, and not function and have to shut down, file bankruptcy and all these and go through all these proceedings. But there's, I mean, Binance has experienced multiple bank runs. Uh, you know, they've been able to, to sustain them, whether or not they're fully liquid, who knows. But, and even most recently, I saw there was some, uh, our market maker recently had said something about Gate, you know, had experienced a run. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, those exchanges are, um, they're great for trading. But, yeah, the experience outside of that, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say. Um, now, would you say... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, finish your question. I was going to say, would, would you say that, um, I don't know, I mean, as more decentralized options come into play in terms of I don't have to deposit this to trade, uh, as, as those, that, that I guess that decentralized ecosystems get, gets better, there'll be less of a need for a lot of these exchanges. And I think some of, some of the weaker players will continue to drop out of that space. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, you know, I also think though that I, at, at Zellcore, we try not to have a maximalist view, right? That's why mm. we support so many blockchains. And I also think 
that's why we, there will always be a place for centralized exchanges somehow, some way. You know, we have a solution we're working on with, with one particular exchange for really just-in-time custody exchange so that you don't have to, oh, I think I'm going to trade that tomorrow. Let me put that on exchange and leave it there, right? But, you know, some smart contract language between Zellcor and the centralized exchange so it gets released kind of just when you need it, right? Yeah. So the centralized exchange is covered and you're covered. But I think we're always going to have this hybrid world. But back to your question earlier, what we've got to find a way of um, insulating the user from that implementation so that they don't, oh, am I going to go centralized? Am I going to go? No, what, what do I want to do? I want this pair. It's the best Lord. prices at a centralized exchange. That's what I'll execute. It should really be that simple to them. And I think that's, we'll get there. Um, I, I think there will continue to be people that'll be like, it's decentralized or nothing. I just don't think that's a realistic view of the world, right? right? JP Morgan Chase and the rest of these, man, they've been punching for years. They're not rolling over easy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're all trying to figure out um, how they can operate in this space. And uh, But to the user at the end of the day, yeah, most, most users don't care. Uh, to give the car comparison, they don't care how the combustion engine works. They just want to better get in and drive it. Absolutely. Um, and and that's that's what we need. Um, and we've got to work on those friction points that that make them not want to come over to the system. Because I know someone will look. Okay, hey, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. That's what we're used to in the U.S. And in terms of outside of banks, but centralized payment providers or payment solutions. And when those those don't people don't have any issues sending and receiving from those but they go over to say a, a cryptocurrency wallet and the first thing they do is they accidentally send something to the wrong address or in the wrong chain and they lose their funds uh, that's friction that'll cause a user to leave and not come back until really until that problem solved or until they don't even realize they're using using decentralized yep. solutions yep nice so you've mentioned uh i guess you've got something come up in six months uh, on Zellcor, you can't really discuss that right now. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, awesome. So, what um, what have you seen as far as users? Like, what what features do you guys see being used the most outside of just the wallet in in, in the Zellcor app? You know, I the 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 two that come out the most for me is just the basic we have a swapping aggregator right so we have multiple partners underneath there that we use for swapping and um what we do is they they ask a question like give me the swap with the best price right or the best fees or w whatever criterion and we serve that up to them right and and they really like that obviously there's some more common trading pairs than others um but, and you know what, we were, I met with one today, a, a, another potential um, quick swap provider, right? And, and we basically said, look, if you have the best price, you'll get, you'll be at the top of the list. If you don't, you won't, you know? And, and I think that's what um, most of these users want, right? So I think number one, that's, that's one of the most common things. The, the second one is we have a unique technology called Fusion, and, and just I know this mm -hmm. is for a more beginner audience, and, and it's think of it like um, an interoperability engine, right? And so we've piloted it with our sister company, Flux, which is a blockchain. And you could think about Flux like AWS for the, for the blockchain, right? You know, decentralized computing power that you can pay for with crypto. And... Um, We've used that in the parallel asset 
way. So that, you know, one of the problems Flux had was that it wasn't exchanged on every, it wasn't traded on every platform, right? So we created this parallel asset environment um, and so that you could you could go wherever you wanted to go. And, 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 and Wayne, maybe to let you into this a little bit about what we're building, right, is, is using that same technology to extend it out to beyond just this one particular blockchain, but to all blockchains so that you don't, you don't need to worry about the routing, right? I think one of the things people, I, I walk into the casino, I walked in somewhere with my cash and I get chips back. That, that's a really simple kind of paradigm, uh -huh. right? Well, what happens when I need to walk to the next casino? Oh, you know, the algo casino, right? Oh, well, now I got to get cash back. And, oh, by the way, and that's the other thing that is challenging, right? People think about dollar bills as green and white. Well, this blockchain only takes purple dollar. It takes dollar bills, but they have to be purple, right? So right. you shouldn't have to worry about that, right? You should, hey, I want to buy X. How do I get it? The, the, the platform should take care of that for you. And so mm -hmm. we see the need from the advanced users. We know where the mass adoption crowd is going to come from, particularly in this bull market, which I think, I, I really think we're going to see a really exciting market here, kind of Labor Day on. Right. Um, so we want to be ready for that, that when the mass adoption crowd comes in, they shouldn't have to be educated on the complexities there, kind of back to where we've been starting. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting to hear. You know, I've, I've heard many thought leaders in the space over the years talk about the future of wallets and, you know, wallets in general, because that's how they were referring to. Um, it's interesting to see that most wallets have, have um, all kind of migrated into like an ecosystem of use, but to where when someone's going to pay, there's going to be a day in the future where they have smart wallets to where they don't have to figure out, okay, what chain am I interacting on? What do I have to pay with? They just have to worry about paying and it's going to pay in the best currency for that transaction on the, on whatever's the most appropriate chain without the user having to figure out, okay, is this on Solana or is this on ETH or, you know, there, there's really no need for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, just like, and you, you mentioned that, like when it comes to uh, DEXs and swap aggregators, uh, a lot of those are doing a lot of that uh, thinking for the user to where, okay, yeah, I'm going to give the best, the best, you know, best place to swap with the best gas fees, um, you know, for your transaction. It'd be the same way when someone's going to pay. And I think when we do that instead of, okay, I'm at this store that accepts crypto now. But I've got USDT on ETH, and they only take USDC, USDT on Tron. Uh, what am I going to do? Right, and what's the cheapest way for me to get to that from that point to the other? You know, I think the other yeah. thing, and I talk about this a lot. We spend too much time talking about just crypto finance. The mm -hmm. blockchain technology is going to be so much bigger than that, right? And yeah. um, you know, think about Apple just crossed over the $3 trillion mark in the equity markets, right? Yeah. What's the biggest problem there? Well, Apple now, after doing a 10 for one split last year, they're, now they're worth $200. That, that puts <laughs> it out of the average consumer budget, right? Well, if you fractionalize that and people could buy these shares for 50 cents, can you imagine yeah. how that could get people into the economy, right? So I, I believe a lot of this, the, the easy ones are going to be the tokenization of the equities. But yeah. I do believe it's going to be real estate. It's going to be a lot of these things that mm -hmm. you can really get down to smaller units, more participation from, from the economy, particularly those in the unbanked section of the world. 
Um, and we want to be yeah. the platform that handles all of those, not just the ones that are on Bitcoin or ETH or something like that. We want to we want to deal with them all and have them all be in one place, so that you can have you know your your own vault. Uh, and we've got our own thoughts and technologies about how you have kind of the think about your wallet that has cash and your safe deposit wallet that's at home that has your really big money that you don't want to worry about. We have a, we have a, enough implementation and technology to move to that we can solve that problem, I think, going forward. Gotcha. Yeah. I always refer to wallets like that. And that's over the years, I think for the past, I don't know, seven or eight years, that's one thing I've always told people about different wallets in general, where I would do that comparison. Your hardware wallet is kind of, or you, you know, your wallet where you keep most of your funds, whether it's a hot wallet or hardware wallet, is like the safe you keep at home where you keep all your stuff in the safe. And then these other mobile wallets where maybe you keep a few hundred dollars to, you know, not, not a lot in it, but enough to be able to pay for transactions. That's more like the wallet, like the physical wallet billfold that you carry. Um, you know, so I like to explain them, explain it like that. I'll tell you what you mentioned. You're right about finance uh, being just one part. Cause I tell people all the time, money is just one application on the blockchain. And it's been a passion project of mine recently, something that we're taking on. Uh, I'm trying, I'm looking to, to kind of scoop and include FIO into this as well. But um, helping businesses understand emerging tech, that crypto is more than just money. This is more than just um, different cryptocurrencies and vol market volatility, that this technology can be used for so many different things. You gave a few examples. Um, and I like to also point out how they could utilize a lot of these Web3 technologies I mean, NFTs in general don't all have to sell for thousands of dollars. In fact, I tell people all the time, the NFTs don't have to sell at all. That could be your loyalty reward program, or that could be a way that you connect directly with your user because you can see every wallet that's holding this loyalty NFT that you gave out. You know, so many different use cases that we've started doing workshops. We tested them out in New Orleans, but it's called Emerging Tech Workshops, where we teach, bring in business owners and business professionals and show them, hey, this is how Web3 technology and we had to tie in that whole emerging tech because every time I, I've, we only done a couple, but every time I do one, they ask about AI as well. So we call it lumped in emerging tech because I think those kind of, in some cases can go hand in hand. Um, but just showing businesses how all the different ways they can utilize this technology, how payroll can be simplified with cryptocurrency, how you can utilize NFTs uh, to verify uh, authenticity or identity or, you know, or just to engage. Yeah. Wayne, think about that a little further, right? So um, Elon Musk just announced that he's going to start his own AI company, right? And the first thing he's going to do is spend a billion dollars in buying NVIDIA GPUs, right? And so that's computing power, not just for the AI engine, but for looking at the data, sorting the data, right? So mm -hmm. it look, the whole economy drives around data. And what happened in the internet don't you know period which is kind of late 90s to today is people went from a place of having all of their data here to giving it over to companies and then putting it in the cloud you know it just kind of got work it got more and more advanced and what those companies did was they monetized that data right so now Absolutely. we've got and, and the only reason you the only reason you could do that at scale was those big companies had the technology right I think tomorrow, we, now we have the technology for you to manage that data one-to-one -one, and the opportunity for you to monetize that as an individual is just around the corner. Um, and so I, I, 
I think there's some really exciting applications, you know, whether it's your medical records or even an anonymized version of my medical record, you know, I'm a, I'm a 50 plus year old man, white male with, you know, uh, married with kids and whatever. Wouldn't somebody like to have that data with my medical records and do an analysis on it? Right? Okay, great. Pay me for it. You're paying somebody for it. How about paying me right. for it now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. To where you're, you're given permission to where, okay, this is what you want. You pay me and I can push just that data that you need to you. Yes. Not, and this not is everything. the business model in all companies today, right? You know, um, whether it's in finance and others, it's the data. It's it, whoever owns the data is the, the king, right? They make the rules, the king or the queen, they make the rules and they set the rules, right? And, and now we've got a technology that allows individuals to kind of set their own rules, right? And, and yep. I know some people think about that and feel it's a little far-fetched, but I think it's a lot you know, is it six months away? No, but is it is it in the foreseeable future? Absolutely. Oh, I think in the next few years, uh, absolutely. And that's kind of, um, yeah, maybe pushing it. But I mean, let's face it, technology is accelerating so fast, especially with, I mean, back to tying in AI to everything. I mean, AI is accelerating development. It's accelerating stuff getting to production. I know it's accelerated our marketing team quite a bit just because we've been able to be more productive with content, but there's so many different use cases for that. Um, I agree. And, and so back to uh, tying a little bit more about Zellcor before we wrap up, um, because I feel NFTs, most people don't even understand what NFTs truly can do in terms of representing real estate, representing ownership, representing identity, um, and then representing different memberships or access to certain things. Um, so having NFTs and a wallet that supports NFTs is important. And, and if I, if I remember right, does Zellcor support NFTs? We do. We do. Absolutely. In particular, we support ETH, Solana, and Polygon. Okay, um, nice. Those are kind of the biggest. Um, you, you, you're, I, Wayne, I'm violently agreeing with you on, on NFTs, and particularly utility NFTs. That's why I'm, I think there's a place for what we all now think about as NFTs, right? Which is these, the board apes and these other things. Yeah. And I think that's great. I, I wish it hadn't started with that one, right? Because I think it kind of gave NFTs a bad rap. And, and the mm. reality is I think in the companies that we've talked to, a lot of people are going to use NFTs for music and tickets and, and right. driver's licenses and deeds to cars and all deeds to homes and all these kind of things. I, I, that stuff is coming. And I think that that will dwarf the, the, the NFTs as we know them today, you know, yeah. they'll still be there. And I think that, that, that part of the process will grow, but I think the more utility NFTs are, will just grow yeah. exponentially. Yeah. The biggest question I've had, you're right. I mean, some of those early iterations of NFTs have given the space a bad name to people that don't really understand the potential. Uh, but I've had this debate recently. Is it, are we going to fix the image of NFTs or is it going to get to a point to where, the technology is being used, but we're not even calling it NFTs. We're calling it digital ticket, digital access pass, digital membership. So that that's kind of what's yet to be seen. Um, but I, I think, yeah, you're definitely I, right. I think you're probably right. But you know, here, here's what I think what changes that, right? Starbucks rolls out on Poil, uh, Polygon with their loyalty reward program, one of the yep. biggest in the world globally. Odyssey, yeah. That thing's a winner and people don't care what it's called. And you're probably right. The words change and I, look, we all get hung up too much on words like the web three word. What does that mean? Blockchain. What does that mean? You don't need to know, right? It's the next evolution yeah. of the internet. That's what yeah. it is. 
Uh, and the words will always change. And you're right. They'll settle on Coke and Pepsi when we're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I even, you know, I joke about eventually even crypto in general is not going to be even referred to as that. I mean, we, we stop calling something by the technology and we just call it what it what it is or what it's used yeah. as. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right, Tim. So as we wrap up and tell everybody where they can find out more, obviously I want them, the, you know, the, anyone listening to go and check out the Zellcore app if you haven't already. So tell them where they can uh, find out more information about Zellcore. Well, a lot of places, right? We have partners like like you guys, um, and and a lot of connections there that way. But we're we're on the on the web Zellcore.io. Twitter is our Twitter handle is at Zellcore.io. I would say we do a lot of communication via Twitter. We do it on Instagram and Facebook and and other places as well. But if, if you want to really stay up to speed on Zellcore, I would say do it through Twitter. That's where a lot of it's going on for us. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely make sure everybody get in and take care of that. So, Tim, as we wrap up, any any final words, any parting words for anyone that may be listening? Um you know, I, we're really excited about this. I, you know, I'm looking at Wayne, and he's giving me the same smile, which is I think we we all, everybody that's in this ecosystem feels like we're on the precipice of something big. You know, whether it's uh, ETFs from the spot ETFs from the big boys, right? Think about Fidelity and um, and BlackRock, BlackRock, fifteen trillion dollars in assets under management. Even if, you know, what's the recommendation? Five percent of your portfolio going into crypto. Right. I mean, think yeah. about the math there, right? Um, on a, on a really closely held asset, um, I, I'm in. I'm come from the equity world. The level of transparency you can see how many people have, how many people hold Bitcoin, where they hold it, and how long they've held it. You, those are, that's the kind of data you would never get in the in the old world. You wouldn't, right? right. So um, it's a really exciting thing. I take the time to educate you on on it. Um, mm -hmm. I'd strongly encourage you to start with a multi-asset wallet. Zellcore would be a great solution for many people, but even if it isn't, I would start there. I think too many people have started with the MetaMask of the world, et cetera. Okay. And that's just an ETH, that's just an ETH, view, ETH, an ETH derivative view of the world. And the world right. is going to be much bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, I look forward. I, I still sometimes use a MetaMask only when I need to connect to certain things, but it's so much easier to have a multi-asset to where, okay, I can't send my Bitcoin to MetaMask. So, you know, where does that go? And same thing with, with other currencies. We're going to live, you mentioned it earlier, and I agree with what you said earlier about uh, multi-chain. The future is going to be multi-chain. Um, let's face it, different assets and different uh, chains operate better for different things, and we'll have different levels of adoption. And even success doesn't equate to everybody in the world using your technology. If one particular sector decides to adopt that particular chain and use it for what they're doing and create um, an ecosystem there, that's important. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Tim. So thanks again as we wrap up. Uh, thanks again for, for joining us today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Uh, have a great day, everybody.